Hello, Queenie Buddies. Welcome to the podcast. This is Jinlin, and I am recording um, this episode, um, which is my review of the book Attitude Nice by Jan Coates. And I've already talked about it a little bit. Um, there is a 15-minute clean that has a trigger warning where I shared some things from the book. And uh, because it talks about child abuse, I'm not going to Hang on a second, guys. I just heard something that sounded like knocking. Um, may just be my dishwasher. Could be my dog. There's nobody at my house, so. Anyway, um, there's a random person riding a bike down the street at 9 p.m. Anyway. Sorry about that. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to be discussing, um, the child abuse parts really. I mean, except I might say child abuse, but I'm not going to like go in depth. Um, she doesn't really go in depth that much, but, um, I am going to share like concepts from the book, but one thing I didn't do when I was taking my notes to talk about it with you guys, I did not, um, mark down parts of the book where she discussed her personal life and, um, oh, and let me just also say up front, this is a Christian based book and I will be discussing those kind of topics. So if that's not your thing, um, you can definitely check us out on the next episode. But, um, anyway, her story of her life is almost unbelievable. It sounds like a Hallmark movie. Um, like with, you know, definitely bad stuff happening, but like the, the good things that come later and, you know, I mean like throughout her life, but the good things are just, it's you, it's just almost unbelievable. It's crazy. And I will discuss a little bit of it, but like one of the things I know that I did not mark in these different chapters is like her story about, um, her son, um, her other children and how, you know, how all that happened and just like, there's a lot of stuff that is just really, really amazing that's happened in her life. Um, and, but this is all about attitude and she basically tells the story that, um, she did have a bad attitude for a long time because she, um, just of how she was how she grew up. So basically her dad seemed like a really solid guy. Her mom had issues. She had, um, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, and she had mental illness and she abused her kids. Um, I don't know if it's just her or her other kids too. I know that there's one other child, um, cause she's mentioned later, but anyway, I'm just going to give you basically like a breakdown of what the chapters were talking about. And, um, the thing is I did all the questions and answers for these. And one thing I really have to like, so she said, start a positive, positive, positive journal. I'm going to get my journal actually, um, pulled up while I'm talking. Um, because it's kind of funny. It's like, I started this whole journal based off of the instructions in this book. 
And um, so I have answered all the questions for chapters 1 through 10. Chapter 11 doesn't have any. But throughout this journal, she I think she tells you something. I think she gives you a piece of scripture to write. I think it's Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, I don't know if she tells you write that. I think she does, tells you to, um, because I wrote it down. I It's like the first thing that I have. But I put so many, like I kept finding little things that I just really needed to write. And I put those, like in Notion, you have like a page and you can add information. Like it could be instructions or description or whatever. And I just kept adding quotes and different things that I found. Um, and so some of these chapters, I, well, first of all, chapter one, I actually wrote it, um, I wrote that one in the book. Um, I just made, um, I'm sorry. I, wrote, I answered those questions in the book, so I can't really tell you about those. But the rest of the, the chapters I wrote in the, um, so aggravating, in my positive journal that I have in Notion. Um, and I'm just looking at one little thing. Okay, yeah, so I just want to make sure. So I might add a little bit of what I do remember as I go through here. I'm going to look at my journal as well. The very first chapter, though, is mostly just like kind of setting up her story of, you know, how she, how everything came to be and stuff for her. It's basically like an overview of attitude, and it talks about perspective. And there's a episode that I'm going to be uploading, um prior to this one that would be a great thing to listen to um it has a lot to do with that with the same stuff as chapter one and um it's something about getting real with yourself and at the beginning I'm kind of a little all over the place but towards the middle all the way to the end it's like all of the best information and ideas and knowledge that I could give anyone else about perspective and attitude and it's just really really insightful so highly recommend listening to that um, about perspective um, but I didn't answer those questions here so I'm just going to move on to chapter two um, and chapter two talks about her mom's problems it talks about the fact that you can't control other people, but you can control your attitudes towards situations and people. And that, again, perspective is part of that. Um, so, it talks about like positive change and um, if you could change something. It talks about the gifts of change and. Uh, Sorry, I'm reading something really quickly. Yeah, so basically, the big 
thing from this chapter. So I am going to, she has like a devastating, devastating, devastating thing that happens in her life. And, but good comes from it because she didn't sit around and wallow in self-pity and all that kind of stuff. I mean, she did, you know, she grieved and everything else, but she did, she used what happened for something good. And, um, it's something that's quoted a lot from the Bible. Um, you intended this for evil, but God made it something for good from the story about, um, Joseph and the one with the coat of many colors, not Joseph, Jesus's earthly father. Um, but, you know, it actually, you know, his brothers were upset with him and took him, had him um, put into slavery, but basically it turned out to save his entire family. Um, and so that's kind of what happened. Like, she gives the stats on how much difference was made by this group that she was part of. So, um, but she could have very well just let her life, you know, go because she was an addict at one time, I believe. Um, I think that's right. I'm not getting my books crossed. Um, and she could have like gone back down that road, but she didn't. Um, chapter three says like one quote that I copied down from this chapter says the power to change resides in the power to quit blaming others. Um, so chapter three is, um, kind of like taking responsibility for, your attitude for your um, being accountable in your life for what you do and what happens. I mean, you can't control everything that happens to you, but you can control how you respond to it. And I think that's what this, I think the name of this chapter is respond, responding instead of reacting to stuff or something like that. But this was the one that I loved so much. Like this was really speaking to me at the time that I was reading it. So I wrote, the power to change resides in the power to quit blaming others. Here's the real truth. God doesn't want excuses. Um, and most of the time, neither do we. Like, have you ever gotten to the point with somebody where you're just like, I literally do not want to hear any more of your excuses. Just stop. You know, I've asked you not to do that. You're doing it again don't sit here and waste my time with excuses as well. Um, and that's what it says. God doesn't want your excuses. So be accountable. You know, the, the power to change. Got to quit blaming others. Got to be accountable for what's going on in your life. Um, and it's also talking about like God helping you in situations and, um, you know, removing the victim label and, um, the importance of personal accountability, um, you know, and this tool, this chapter had a lot of tools listed cause I pointed out to myself that I need, I needed to reread the chapter and go back over the tools often. Um, 
and I so chapter four um, what I said here is really searching your heart to discover the root of bad attitudes negative thoughts etc um, and this is really just like um, this goes a lot with what I wrote or what I um, talked about when I was talking about um, in the get real with yourself. So, of course, this uses this ask God to help you do it to, you know, search your heart, search your heart and like basically convict you of the things that you need to own up to. Um, and they even use the word own. It says help you own your attitude. So O is for out with the bad. W is for win every time. And N is for never give up. So um, and it's basically like the win part is like even when something bad happens usually there's something that you can find in it that is good or can be used for good or something like that. Um, but really you have to, um, you have to read the book. That's really the best way to get the most out of these tools. Um, but like if you're, so if I'm going down the list though and telling you basic, um, tools that she's giving you, is the first one is really about perspective. Um, the second one is this is so similar also to the Karen Casey books that I read, where it's like you can control what you have control over. That's what you control. The things that you you know you can't control outcomes and situations. There's no use in like worrying and thinking about them. You have to focus on what you can do, and then this one is about. Um, I'm sorry, chapter three was stop blaming people. Stop blaming other people for where you're at. Um, and the fourth one, chapter four, is talking about searching your heart and just really getting to the core of what it is. And in the one, the Get Real episode that I did, I talk about searching your life, really. Like you're in that one, we're talking about designing the worst year of your life. And by doing that, you don't really realize it at first, but your brain is going to magnify all the little tiny things you do that are leading you in the wrong direction. Um, and that can be really useful. So that's chapter four, chapter five. Um, I believe is the forgiveness one. Yeah. Forgiveness of yourself and others. So one of the big tools in this chapter is that, you know, first of all, it's about accepting God's gift of forgiveness. God has forgiven you. Um, I'm trying to see if there's something that I wanted to read. Um, but she talks about CPR, which is confession, prayer, repentance. And confession is not like Catholic confession. It's just like you search, you know, the chapter before searching your heart. In the confession thing, you admit to God everything that you've done that you need forgiveness from Him for, 
And it's not something that you do all in one day. It's like as, um, and there's actually something recently where, um, my husband had said something to me the other day about like, I think God's really helped me with, is going to, you know, I think God has really fixed this for me. And I, like my first thought was, I wasn't thinking about God when, in what he said, I was thinking about him and thinking, no, you got to do a lot more work. And I realized, like, I didn't even think anything else of it. I thought it, I didn't say it to him because I'm tending my own garden. And then I, um, I got to take this one headphone out so I can hear myself. Um, I was just walking across my living room floor today and that I, you know, Holy Spirit convicted me of when you said that, or when you thought that you were basically saying that God could not do that for him. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I was not even, and that is, that's true, but I wasn't even considering God. And that's so crazy. Cause he was talking about God. How could I not have been considering God? But I, it, it was true. Like it was true. Um, and I realized that absolutely. I a hundred percent believe that God could have completely like snapped his fingers and taken that away from him and changed everything about it in an instant. I do believe that because when you look at what I've done with my plan and my cleaning, like, I don't think that I ever really get across to everybody how much of a change it is for me. I have never, never, never stuck to something this long every single day in my entire life, just filling it out every single day. That is something I've never, ever done my entire life. Probably the only thing close to that that I've ever done is going to work. Going to work every day is the closest thing to like doing that plan. And yeah, going to work is pretty easy for most people because you need the money, but there's really, I don't need, you know, the plan is like, I've always wanted to be able to do it. Never been able to do it. I am 40 years old. The last 10 weeks or 11 weeks, I think now, it's the first time I've ever stuck to something. It's, it's a big deal. Like I'm not doing it from my, just by myself. God is helping me do it. Um, so basically confession part as you know, I remember the day that I read this chapter that night I laid in bed and I thought of all, I was thinking as much stuff as I hadn't brought to God and confessed and, um, prayed about and repented for. And I did that. And I think she actually gives you a way to do it. Um, she actually like gives you some stuff. Um, Yeah, she says, like, dear God, I acknowledge I s- that I sinned when I, and she says, write your, write your wrongs, but it's like writing them down, that kind of right, not R-I-G-H-T. Um, and then the other thing is um, forgiving others. So, and remember, forgiving others does not mean that you forget it. It does not mean you allow unhealthy people to be in your life, but to actually forgive other people because... You have to remember God has forgiven you of everything that you've ever done. And Jesus died for that to happen for you. And so nobody's asking you to die to forgive anybody else. They're just asking that you, you know, that you forgive them like God forgave you. God's already forgiven them too. Like, I mean, if they've asked him to. They're already forgiven. God's, you know, if they have been saved, 
and they do their best to, you know, it was true. They, you know, are trying to do the right thing. Whatever they did to you, God's already forgiven them. So you might as well do it too. Um, I think there's like one little thing that I just couldn't, at that moment, I just couldn't forgive right then. And I just, you know, I forgave everything else that I could think of that people probably needed to be forgiven for. And, but there was one that I, I don't even remember what it was now. I'm sure it'll come up at a later time in my life and I'll forgive it. But I just couldn't at that time. I just was not ready to. And that's okay too. Um, forgiveness of self and others is chapter five. Chapter six is, it talked about obstacles um, and what you can do to be prepared when things happen. Um, this is a chapter that talked about having a vision and purpose and all of that kind of stuff. And this was the chapter where I, um, it's when I stopped and sat down and actually figured out my priorities and visions and stuff like all that kind of stuff. So basically this is kind of where I stopped after reading for a while because I got more into going back through the life map and filling out all that stuff. But I, I titled this one, do not be discouraged. And this was something that she said, I think I read this, um, on the other podcast that I talked about. Um, basically this chapter ends with a miracle that happens in her life. Like just an absolute miracle. If you read what actually happened, it just, I was in tears at the end of this chapter. Um, but this is what she said. This was like the last paragraph in that chapter. And I copied it here. I copied it on the homepage. This was, it's not going to sound as powerful to you, but if you read the chapter, if you read the book up to this chapter, this would be like, you would be like tingling all through your body reading this. It says, Oh dear one, do not be discouraged when facing obstacles. God has great and glorious plans for our lives. He may not answer our prayer requests in accordance with our instant demands, but his timing is perfect. The obstacles you face pale in comparison to God's all-powerful love. Endure, press on, never give up. Keep your eye on the goal of God's will in your life. Um, it said, the last question here says, What emotions did you feel at the end of this chapter? I said, victory. Is that an emotion? Such awe at the amazingness of God. What an unbelievable blessing. I'm so happy for the author. Miraculous is the only description. That's what I said about this chapter. Um, so each one of these though, one thing I have to say about this book is like every single one of these chapters is full of tools to use to change your attitude in your life. And this one, one of the things she talks about doing is, um, taking Bible verses and personalizing them, like putting your name in them. Um, there's a thing about praying small, praying big. Actually, I, f I totally forgot that this chapter was one of the ones that made me pray for the, the job thing that I wanted and crazy that it just, um, I forgot that I even did this. What was the date on this? I have to look back. June 16th. And that job got posted on the 30th. I forgot that I, that I actually prayed about that in this too. Um, okay. But anyway, moving on chapter seven, um, learn to give and receive love in the father's. Oh, it's just not supposed to say in. 
So this chapter seven was learn to give and receive love. Um, there's a thing called the father's love letter. And if you look up the father's love letter, if you Google it, you can actually find the page and there's a video that will like read it to you word for word. Um, this chapter had a condensed version of it and towards the end, I, towards the end, I think I will tell the story, but basically when I read this chapter, the whole thing was in the appendix of her book and I meant to read it after I did this chapter, but I never did. And so I'm just going to leave that story there. Um, but basically until you love yourself enough, until you love God enough, um, like until you really, it's not enough. Like, I don't mean it like that. Cause that's people are not capable of loving the way God loves us. It's just, we're blocked from it. But if you don't really, and I didn't, when I first started reading the Bible, like I didn't feel God's love for me at all. I just was trusting and I, that's the one thing in the father's love letter. There's, there were two lines that, that hooked me and I was kind of like reading it like half heartedly. And I went, those two lines made me go all the way back to the beginning and read that letter. And every time I do, I, something else pops out at me. That's very meaningful. Um, but I will get there when I get to the end of talking about all this, because I want to basically do this in order that it happened to me. So that was chapter seven. Um, and I don't remember, I really don't remember tools from chapter seven. I'm really sorry about that. Chapter eight was learn to control your thoughts or take charge of your thoughts. And chapter eight is the story of, turns out to be her sister, um, building a house through sweat equity. And she starts doing this thought, um, a thought log. And there's so many really good tools in this chapter for getting control of your thoughts and changing them, um, to make them more positive. I discuss a little bit from this chapter in that get real with yourself, um, episode. And I talk about, um, you know, seeing the positive it's, it's a lot about perception. Once again, um, let me see what, if there's anything that sticks out in the chapter eight questions. Um, Oh, this is kind of interesting. I said, I was just talking about having a troubleshooting mentality. That means looking for solutions when something is not working. That makes so much more sense than just giving up. Um, cause the quote was positive thinkers don't see obstacles. They envision opportunities. Um, let's see. Oh, it talks about like when people say, how are you doing? Cause I've really, it's funny because before I read this chapter, something happened and I was thinking about the next time somebody asked me that I would be saying blessed. Um, and it, it takes you through this whole thing about how to see the blessings in your life. Um, talks about thought logging. And then I, I really do love this quote. Um, God loves you just as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. And I think that appears somewhere else. Um, there's a lot of really um, 
there's also something that I, I highlighted here about um, your faith in God being like a foundation. Um, what was the thing? I don't think it's here. Yeah, it's not here, but there is... Um, there's a real there's some really good quotes in this chapter like definitely I just I highly recommend this book it's actually a very quick read um I started on the so it took me about four days to get through the first seven chapters and then I stopped and then I guess I did chapter eight last Friday randomly and then I did nine and ten today so it's a very quick read um I mean and that was not really that was like stopping to actually answer the questions at the end of each chapter which also kind of gave me a stopping point each time so and I really wanted to absorb what I was reading so I was stopping um so I'd say you could probably read this book very very quickly if you um wanted to anyway chapter nine is about transforming from the inside out um by surrendering to by surrendering to God. This chapter starts out with her almost, I don't know if I should tell all this story because like I want you to read the book. Um, okay, I'm not going to tell you the first part of the chapter. Um, it talks about transforming and I really, there's a whole part of this book that talks about like the butterfly and the chrysalis thing. Um, anyway, this also finishes up the story about her mom because her mom wound up like getting healed. I, I guess kind of like, it seemed like she still had some problems, but she got off of all drugs and alcohol and turned her life around and it was all through. And she actually inspired her daughter to, um, because of the tragedy that happened, I guess that was like actually write this um her mom finding out about what happened with her mom because they were like apart but she found out what happened to her it was right after the tragedy in her life happened and a few months after finding out about her mom giving her life over to god she also did again because i think she was i think she was already she was she had done that at one point but then she went back um went back to her old ways and all that kind of stuff. But, um, anyway, this is the one where it talks about giving you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And this chapter really like this chapter just really, um, spoke to me in a lot of ways. And, um, Oh, sorry. I really loved this part was a part that really I don't know, said something to me. It says, Watchman Nee wrote, God is waiting until you cease to do. God is waiting for your store of strength to be utterly exhausted before he can deliver you. Once you have ceased to struggle, he will do everything. And it goes on to talk about the butterfly and how, you know, like God can really change stuff in your life. And like, I had a lot of stuff wrong. I had a lot of stuff 
twisted, I should say, not wrong. I don't mean like wrong with me, but I had a lot of stuff twisted about God and this like Christian faith and everything like, and I'll share a little bit of that once I get past chapter 10. But, um, if you had said that these things were possible six months ago, I wouldn't, I would have been like, what are you talking about? Like, cause I, there's just so much I did not understand, did not know. But now, yes, I do think these things are possible. Um, all right. And then chapter 10 is, come on. Oh, I'm going forward. That's why that's not working. So chapter 10 is basically, um, becoming a difference maker. She talks about this woman named Mrs. King who helped her when she was, um, one of the times that her mother was in a, in an institution for her problems. Um, her father hired this woman to, you know, just basically take care of the house. And she said, you know, it's like the kind of person that when you see those kind of people, you're like, what's going on in their life? And when you find out that it's like God, you're like, wow, that, that could never be me though. At least that's how I am. Like that person's just so full of joy and so like calm and peaceful and nothing ever ruffles them. And you know, like they just, I don't know, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, and I actually had a second grade in second grade. I had a, a teacher that was just 100% evil. Like I cannot believe the way that she treated children. I absolutely cannot believe it. And we had an assistant though. And the assistant would call me over and like whenever she would say something, the teacher would say something particularly mean or probably she just sensed that she was probably just like watching my face and saw that I was upset. And she might do something like call me over and say, hey, come over here, your shoe's untied. And she would tie my shoe and just be nice to me. And it's so weird because she like she didn't even really seem like that kind of person. And she died a long time ago. She had cancer. But um, it's like one of those people I wish I could go back and say, you helped me so much. Like, you kept me going in that class. Like, you know, if it hadn't been for you, I don't know how I would have made it. Because I knew there was at least one other grown-up in the room that was on my side. You know, even though she wasn't, I knew that you were. Like, I got, I actually got ulcers in my mouth when I was in her class. I, that's what, what I most remember was, um, always feeling sick, her allowing the class to eat my birthday cake when I went home sick on my birthday, probably because I was so nervous about anything related to my birthday. Um, I remember having the ulcers and the stuff I had to put on them in my mouth that tasted so gross. Um, and I remember my assistant in there that was just wonderful. Um, so yeah, I had that kind of person and she said it was like, you know, she just felt, um, loved by this woman. Um, you know, cause her mom just couldn't do that for her. Um, and then it talks about a woman that she meets at a conference 
and the woman's getting ready to speak and I don't like I wasn't really touched by the stories in this chapter as much except for the story about her and the woman um but I do get what you know I get the other part about like what she was saying and everything but it was not really wow somebody just needs to freaking I cannot believe somebody just came down my street with music that loud at 10 p.m. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> kind of funny, isn't it, what I'm talking about? And I just, like, like just no, no, what do you call it for any other people? No concern or whatever. <sighs> anyway, um, okay, so that was chapter 10. Um there's a woman who tells her story and it seems like she really touches everybody in the audience. And then, um, there's like some coincidental things that happen. And, um, but I, I felt moved by, it was all about like doing it, like sharing your story with others so that they can also, you know, just basically like I'm doing right now, um, is kind of what chapter 10 is about. So the thing is though, after I finished chapter 10, I, sorry, I'm putting my hair down. It's, it's been up in a ponytail and it's actually still wet apparently because around where the band was, my hair is still wet. But anyway, um, after chapter 10, there was something that was supposed to be like your positivity toolkit, positive attitude toolkit. And there is some good stuff in there. I, it's not something that I really feel drawn to use. Maybe if I read the book again, I might be more interested in it, but I just was not interested in doing that. I felt like I got a lot from the book itself and I probably will reread the book again. Um, but I went through those pages anyway. And just as I turned the last page, the appendix popped up and then, you know, Kindle, when it gets to the last, so much of the book, it says, or I guess since it was technically the last page of the book, the appendix is not considered part of the story. Um, the like before you go thing popped up and I just exited out because I realized it was the father's love letter. That's what was there. And so I don't know what I was doing. I started reading it. The first page I read from the bottom to the top and I was like, okay, that's interesting. And it was the second page. And then I got to, I don't know what, I think it was like the third page on my phone looking at it that way. But it said, I've been misrepresented by, and this is a Bible verse, but I don't know which one it is. I've been mi misrepresented by those who don't know me. And that line got me. And then the line after that was, um, I'm not distant or angry. And when I read those two lines, and that second one has more to it, but when I read those two things, I knew right then and there that I was supposed to read that letter, that that letter was a message to me from God, whoever put it together, I don't know why they did it. I don't know. But when I got to those two lines, it was like, you need to take notice. You need to go back to page one. You need to read this letter. And I did. And then I think 
I think I had gotten past those lines. I was basically crying by the time I got to this other line. Um, it said something like, when, when you're broken heart, when you've been broken hearted, I've been near. And it said something like, um, like a shepherd to a lamb. Um, it's, I don't know exactly what that line was, but it's, it reminded me of the, um, the footprints poem or said, where there were only one set of footprints, that's where I carried you. Um, and so I was like in tears when I got to that part. And then the way it was loaded on my phone, I had to turn the page again. And when I turned the page, the next line said, the day will come when I will wipe away all of your tears. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, it was just a very powerful thing. I think I've read it like four or five times. Like, if it was a piece of paper, it would be starting to tear at the creases where I had opened it, you know, folded and unfolded the letter. Um, it was a very um, powerful thing. And it was just, it was so funny because, like, when I was reading chapter seven, I meant to go back and read that chapter. I never did. And then I, if I had not flipped through the toolkit, even though I knew I wasn't going to use it, I would have never seen that and thought, oh yeah, I wanted to read that. And they even, if you go to, if you Google father's love letter, they have like a bunch of videos. They've been like sharing it, sharing the message, like for this, whoever put this together. I don't know. I read the FAQs trying to see if it gave more information, but it didn't. And, um, anyway, so, but there's a bunch of videos. You can see it in video format where somebody's reading it with a text and it shows all the, so every single line in the letter comes from a Bible verse and somebody put this together and it sounds, I'm sure some of the verses are probably paraphrased to make it sound, you know, like whatever. But the first thing I thought was, well, you know, they say like, there's no, like God's not going to reveal any more truth to people. So I, I really feel like this, like God inspired whoever wrote this to put it together in this order, exactly the way this is. Like, I really feel God inspired someone to do that for a lot of people. And then I thought, wait a minute, this is not new stuff. Like absolutely God could have inspired somebody to do that because this is all from the Bible. Like every line is from the Bible. So anyway, I really encourage you to read it. I would read it here, but we're almost at 45 minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and get off here because I have a goal tonight of actually getting in bed before oh, 1030 and I still want to have a snack and I still want to like watch some mindless YouTube videos or something. Oh, and I got to do something else that I've been meaning to do all day. Um, anyway, so I just want to really encourage you to read this book. If you're struggling with your attitude, if you're trying to work on your attitude, um, my attitude post that I recorded a while back actually came out today as I'm recording this. I thought that was really interesting because I had not finished the book when I wrote that or, you know what I meant, recorded it. Um, so anyway, I highly recommend this book. I found it through an article when I was searching for changing my bad attitude. You know, I really have been work. It's something I've been working on. I've been praying about, but also working on. And this was just really helpful to me. And this person's story, like it also helped me have self-compassion. Like 
I was reading this at the same time I was working on compassion and because some of the things she explained happened when she was a child, I just had such deep compassion for herself as a child. Um, because it's just so heartbreaking, but, um, definitely worth, worth a read. There's nothing graphic about the child abuse that she talks about. She just shares a couple of instances. It's not hard to get through. I'm very sensitive to stuff like that. I'm very sensitive to violence, especially violence, um, with children. And it was not, it's not graphic. It's just, you know, it really, it makes you feel for this little girl. So, and it's a lot more neglect than abuse that's mentioned. So, um, anyway, I'm going to stop this at 4444. Good night. Hey guys. So, um, little story just happened. Um, I just finished uploading that. It's like almost 45 minutes and I was clearing out all the apps in my phone that could be messed up. And I accidentally swiped up while it was processing, which meant that it was gone when I came back into Anchor. It was just gone. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to try to record 45 more minutes because I have other stuff to do. And so I, um, I actually, what I was trying to do was, um, the thing it talked about in chapter nine, a little exercise with, you know, God, when you decide to stop struggling and there's like a prayer about God giving you a new heart and all that kind of stuff. And all day I've been waiting for a moment where I could stop and just actually, excuse me, sorry, talk to God about that. And, you know, so I did that. And while I was doing that, I realized there was something that I left out. And so I was like, Oh, that's probably why I lost the audio is because God wanted me to discuss that one last thing. And so I actually said that as I was getting down the floor to do the other thing I was doing. And when I came back, I was like, well, let me check and see if it got saved in my library. And it did. And I just uploaded that. And so I'm adding this onto it because I totally forgot to talk about the reason the line jumped out at me from the father's love letter about, um, I've been misrepresented by those who don't know me. And then I'm not distant. I'm not angry. Those things like, first of all, I used to be a person that misrepresented God. Um, I don't know if it says misrepresented. I'm not sure of the exact line, but it's similar to that. Um, basically like I, I don't know how I got the wrong impression, but God being distant, angry is probably the basis of what I believed God was. Um, or the way that I would phrase it back then, the God that Christians believe in distant and angry. That's what I thought. And there's another line in that love letter. It says, um, I do not count your sins. Like I'm not counting all of your sins or what, something like that. Um, that's what I thought I knew of God. And the thing is, like, if you start out trying to read parts of the Old Testament, it'll, I feel like it would really confuse you about what Christianity is all about. 
not exactly sure why the Bible is in the order that it's in. Um, I wish that somebody had told me to start reading one of the Gospels, um, but they didn't. And so I started at the beginning because that's how you read other books. And I got a really skewed perception of God from that. Not just from that, because if you do read that, also, you know, as you get older, you have more of a ability to not only read between the lines, but also, like, let's say that I'm talking to you and the first sentence out of my mouth is something that just trips you up and then you don't hear anything else I say as you get older you can kind of set things aside and say well let me see what else this says and sometimes the real meaning is not in the first sentence or the first verse or the first you know like so I was I had things wrong and even like as you read, like, there's, you know, parts of, like, judges and um, kings and all that kind of stuff. When you get to Isaiah, the end of Isaiah, where it's like, oh, wow, God's, like, really down with us, you know? And, but if you read other parts, you're like, what? So, it can't be taken bit by bit. You have to really, you know... I don't know how to describe it, but all I know is that I was wrong, and I would say the things that I thought, that I knew, because, I mean, I was Christian, I was, I, you know, that's, my family was Christian, and that's how we grew up, and so I know what I'm talking about, but I was clueless, like, and it wasn't, like, I was kind of talking to God about it before, and I was like, you know, it's not, not anybody I can blame about it. Because, like, cause one of the things I said was, like, why didn't anybody tell me? And I was like, well, nobody really knew what I thought. Nobody knew what I was thinking in my head. Nobody knew how wrong I had it. Um, so, yeah. Kind of important to really watch how you teach children about this kind of stuff. Because I was so confused. And I had it all wrong. Like, I really had it wrong. And I don't know what made me decide to give God another chance. Well, God probably God <laughs> give him another chance. But I'm so glad that I realized how wrong I was. Because a lot of the seeking and searching I've done my entire life was all right where I started. But I just didn't know what I had. So, that's really what I wanted to end this with. And now I can tell you guys good night.